today I'm going to be talking about God put in my heart that you guys can see by the title right here, God's algorithm. You guys know what the word algorithm means? Have you guys ever heard of the word algorithm? Like social media has an algorithm. You know, basically it's, I called it cracking the code to a deeper relationship with God. So if you're watching me right now through YouTube, welcome everyone that is watching us right now through our live service. Uh, we welcome you all the way here from Elizabeth, New Jersey, through our disruption nights. And we're going to start a series today. And it's going to be a four-week series of four weeks. These next four weeks, we're going to be talking about this. And the goal here is I want to teach everyone here how to have a relationship with God. Okay? How to seek God. How to get close to God. Because God is just much more than just, oh, you come to church on Sunday you listen to me talk, you listen to the pastor talk, and then that's it. Like, I go home, and I do whatever I want to do, and I live my life the way I want to live it. God is deeper than that. You can experience God. You can know God. It doesn't matter your age, you know. And I always share this testimony. The first time God touched my life, I was 12 years old. Who here is 12 years old or older? Okay. You guys are 12, 12 years old or older? Yeah, right? Yeah. At 12 years old, God touched my life. The first time I preached was at a youth conference with about 200 to 300 young people. 12 years old. Imagine me, 12 years old, preaching. But why? Because God had done something in my life. I had an encounter with God. Like, God is real. We, we, you can feel God. God can speak to you. All right? So I want you guys, I'm going to ask you guys three questions. And I want you guys to ask yourself. If you guys have ever felt like this, have you ever felt a deep sense of emptiness or dissatisfaction in your life that you can't seem to fill with anything else? Have you ever questioned the purpose or meaning of your existence and wondered if there's something more to life? Have you ever faced a situation or challenge that left you feeling helpless or hopeless where you realized you needed something greater than yourself? What do I mean by that? Have you ever felt lonely have you ever felt sad have you ever felt like you needed something more in life hello wow welcome good to have you i had no idea you were gonna come through tonight awesome welcome um so like i was saying to the people we're live um tonight we're talking about how to have a relationship with god and recognizing your need for god and I ask these three questions. Have you ever felt a deep sense of emptiness or dissatisfaction in your life that you can't seem to fill with anything else? Have you ever questioned the purpose of meaning of your existence and wondered if there's something more to life? Have you ever faced a situation or challenge that left you helpless or hopeless when you realized you needed something greater than yourself? And I was telling, I was telling them here how it doesn't matter our age. It doesn't matter the things we're going through. You know, at the age of 12, God touched my life. And the first time I ever preached was at 12 years old. And I preached at a youth conference in New York with about 300 young people. Imagine 12 years old. I'm 25 now. That was 13 years ago. You know, because I experienced God. I was young and I was hungry for God. But you know what happened? I fell back into the world when I was around 17, 18. I wanted to experience what it was to hang out with friends. I wanted to experience what it was to feel high. I wanted to experience, you know, being in relationships. 
I wanted to be able to feel all of that, you know. I remember being in high school, people offering me drugs. I said no. I always said no to that. You guys ever here had the D.A.R.E. program? You guys know what D.A.R.E. is? Yeah, you remember D.A.R.E.? No? All right, I think that's for the older crowd. I don't know what you guys call it now, but I remember they would tell us in school, yo, don't do drugs, don't do any of this, and I told myself I was never going to do it. I never did it in high school, right? I came out of high school, got into a relationship I shouldn't have been in, and, you know, little by little, I started saying yes to all these things. I grew up in church. I was tired of being a church boy. I wanted to experience the real life. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to know what everyone else was experiencing. You know, being raised up in church my whole entire life, my parents always being leaders in the church, I wanted to experience something outside of church. I wanted to feel normal. You know, I wanted to feel like a normal young person. I wanted to be able to do what any young person does. But I didn't know that the devil was lying to me in that moment, putting thoughts in my mind, telling me like, yo, go out and be normal. Yo, go out and do all these things. And, you know, be in a relationship, do all these things. And I realized that in the midst of all of that, little by little, next thing you know, you know, because one thing about these disruption nights that we're going to have is I'm going to be, I heard a pastor once say this, I'm going to be hot, honest, open, and transparent, okay? So I'm going to be real with you guys. I'm going to tell you guys stories that I have not told a lot of people. Maybe my sister doesn't even know about them, but... You know, I know what it was to be smoking eight, ten blunts in one single day. You know, knowing, feeling that high and wanting to just be happy with life and thinking that was the joy of life. You know, I know what it was to be going to the clubs one night, spending three, four hundred dollars in one night for the next day to not even remember what happened the night before. You know. I blacked out two, two times I blacked out completely. Thank God I was around the correct people who were able to help me. But you know what I was looking for? I was looking for love. I was looking for acceptance. Like many of us that are in high school, in school, college, in the real world, in our jobs, a lot of times we do things, we jump into relationships because we want to feel accepted. When Jesus said you must Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And you can't love someone else if you don't love yourself first. You know? You can't be in a relationship if you first don't love yourself. If you look at yourself in the mirror, you hate how you look, you're constantly criticizing how you look, or you're constantly talking bad about yourself, how are you supposed to love someone else? But let me tell you, it all starts with a relationship with God. And this is something that I've preached my whole life. Because I've experienced it. I've seen the ugly side of church. I've seen the nice side of church. But let me tell you, none of that define a relationship with God. And that's the difference. Is that we need to know what it is to go to your room, lock yourself up, and spend time with God. Because it's more than just going to a church. It's more than just going to Sundays, coming here, listening to a preaching, coming Friday nights, watching a preaching on YouTube, and you think you're saved, holy, sanctified. Like, that doesn't cut it. It goes deeper than that. You know? Like, that love that us young people, because let me tell you, especially this Generation Z, you know, our young people, and not even just young people, older people, we're always out here looking for acceptance and love. We have a lack of identity. You know, that was the first thing that the devil tempted Jesus. He asked him, if you're the son of God, 
turn these stones into bread. What was the first thing he said? If you're, he always said, if you're the son of God, if you're the son of God, his identity. He didn't know who he was. You know, we're in Pride Month now. I love the people. I, lo I love that community. I don't tolerate their sin. We don't love their sin, but they just need love. They don't know their identity in Christ. And why would I judge them if at one point in my life, I didn't know my identity in Christ either? You know, I didn't know who I was. I thought I knew who I was. And you might be like, Jimmy, what do you mean by I don't know who I was? Like, my name is Jimmy or my name is Caleb, you know. My name is Michelle. Like, what do you mean I don't know who I was? What I mean by you don't know who you are is that if you always, if people are always controlling you, if you always go by the opinions of people, if you always, you don't know how to say no, you don't know what to, like, you're always going with the crowd, then you have some type of lack of identity. If you feel like you need to be talking to a girl or a guy, you know, to feel accepted or for you to feel happy in life, then you don't know who you are. And I'm not, not trying to judge, you know, I'm speaking out of experience because I was in that too, you know. And us, many of us, that's the things that we want to look for. We want to we feel good. You know, I, I know there's a lot of couple of young people here, you know, underage and whatnot. But you know what? I feel like even you guys know more than what I know. You know, but even on, on TikTok, on Instagram, and on social media, you know, so much pornographic images. Doing all these things to try and satisfy us. Oh, I need a guy to call me cute. I need a, a guy to call me beautiful. You know, or, 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 or the guys, you know, oh, I need to look like I, I got girls that I can bag some girls. Like, that doesn't make you a man or that doesn't make you a woman. You know, the one who makes you a man and makes you a woman is Jesus Christ. It's a relationship with him. All right? This is not even part of the teaching, but I just felt like someone needed to hear that tonight. You know, John 15, 5. Also, I want everyone, try and bring your Bible, even if it's on your phone. Download the Bible app. If you don't got the Bible app on your phone, then dang. I remember my little sister told me once, she's like, I just don't got space on my phone. I'm like, bro, delete what you got to delete, but you need the Bible app on your phone. All right? And I always say this too. Man, if many people are like, but I don't understand the Bible. If you go on the Bible app, it's going to tell you different translations to read. I recommend reading the New Living Translation for people who just... It's hard for them to understand the Bible. It's very easy and very simple. All right? John 15, 5 says, Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. What does it say? For apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. For apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. I think we all need, this is simple practical step of life without God we can't do nothing okay like that's why you try and jump into relationships or you try to get to a job or you're trying to get good grades and you feel like you're failing and you're failing like God is just more than you know the anointing God is more than you just going to church God is interested in your personal life he, he cares about if you're getting good grades or not he cares about uh, what you're doing you know after school he cares if you're skipping class or not you know, he cares about your job. He cares about how much you make hourly. He, he, he cares about what you make weekly after taxes. He cares about all those things. He cares about where you live. And that's why if Jesus said that apart from him, we can do nothing, that's very important that we need to know. Like, stop trying to figure out life on your own. And, and, and that's what happened to me. And I know we're young. Some of us are very young here. But, like, one day you're going to remember what I'm telling you. As you get older, 
as you start experiencing the real world, and those who are older here, you guys know what it is. And I've spoken to some young, young people that actually have been through some crazy stuff. You know what I mean? As a young age. So I don't know what you're going through, but let me tell you, you can't do nothing without Jesus. You can't do nothing without him. He's, the Bible says that he's the vine and he's the branches. Jimmy, what do you mean? I don't know what the vine means. All right. He is, you guys know what a, a tree, the trunk of a tree? He's the tree. He's the trunk. We are the branches. Imagine yourself. Picture yourself. You being the branches. Okay? And he's the trunk. What gives life to the branches is what? The trunk. Okay? So if he's the trunk and we are the branches... He said, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can't do nothing. If you cut the branch off of a tree, what happens to the branch? It dies. Okay? Oh, but I don't follow God and I'm not dead yet, but you're a walking dead person. Spiritually inside, there's no life inside of you. You wake up, you're sad. You go to sleep, you're sad. You're tired of life. You don't know what to do. You know, because like the devil doesn't matter how old we are, like depression knocks at your door no matter what age you are. Loneliness tries to knock at your door no matter what age you are. Drugs try to knock like I've had friends. I've spoken to friends who the first time they ever tried a drug was at the age of eight, nine years old, 10 years old. You know, that's why I'm here to talk to every single one of you. Those that are connected online as well, that apart from God, if Jesus told us, imagine Jesus telling you, yo, Caleb. Apart from God, you can't do nothing, right? What does nothing mean? Nothing means nothing, nothing, nothing. You can't do nothing without him. And you know why he compared himself as the vine, as the trunk, and us as the branches? You know why he did that? Because the branch has to de always depend on the trunk. He wants us to fully always depend on him. And that's what he wants to teach you guys tonight. And those that are watching and those that are going to watch this video, God wants you to depend on him. And you know what happens many times? We make an idol. And what do you mean by an idol? Something that you put first place before God. We make a relationship, a guy, a girl, school, you know, social media, a job, our family. Sometimes we put them in front of God. And what God has to do is sometimes take away that number one thing in our life so he becomes number one. I remember listening to Oprah. Who knows who Oprah Winfrey is here? I remember I listened to Oprah once. It was an interview. And she said that she read the whole Bible. And there was one thing why she didn't like God in Christianity and didn't agree with the Bible. is that when God said that he is a jealous God. She's like, how can God be jealous? Because God doesn't want anyone to take the glory. You were created, the reason why we're here, the reason why God created Adam was for to have a relationship with him, to be one-on-one -on -one with him, to be able to know him, to be able to talk with him. God wanted somebody that out of his own free will, he was like, yo, I want to pray. I want to talk to God. So many times God has to take certain things away from our life. That's why many of us are always questioning, why is this happening in my life? Why is this happening? It feels like an avalanche, like a snowball avalanche that, have you guys ever seen a snowball when it's falling down like an avalanche? The more it goes down, the bigger it gets. Yeah, that's how we feel sometimes with problems in life. We feel like it's one thing on top of another, on top of another. But I feel ugly today. But I feel like this. It's always something. It's because apart from God, you can't do anything. 
We need God so he can fix our attitude. Let me tell you, I, I, I got attitude. I got, a, I got a bad character outside of God. I'm nasty outside of God. You know, my road rage is wild outside of God. So many things. Like, I'm, ja- I'm messed up inside. I'm jacked up. I need him. That's why I stay close to him. Because if I stay far away from him, let me tell you, like, I, I got things knocking on the door ready to come and get me. Like, I shouldn't be here tonight. You know how many times I got pulled over one time? I don't know why God is making me say this, but I want you guys to know me. I got pulled over one time right off of the Queens Bridge. I had gone to a youth service. Listen to this. I know from another church. I went to that youth service. I came out and got high with a couple people from church. All right? And afterwards, I went out and I continued hanging out with someone else. Right? So I got drunk, and I was high. Listen to this story. I'm not ashamed to say this, because I know a lot of people tell me, yo, Jimmy, you, you, showed, you shared too much. Like, that was your past. I'm like, yeah, I don't glorify in my past. But maybe something that I'm saying could save someone's life. And if I could just save one person's life, touch someone's life, like, I'll share this testimony as many times. Like, I don't care. I'm not ashamed of it. That's who I was before Jesus came into my life, you know? So I remember I got pulled over, and I had red cups in my back of my seat at that time I was 18 years old 18 19 I was driving obviously I wasn't even 21 so I couldn't drink right two I was driving under the influence I had red cups for those who know you know I had sodas in the back like my shirt I had taken it off because I had thrown up all over my car before the cops pulled me over cops pulled me over I had one on one side one on the other side person flashes the light at me you know obviously when I got pulled over I'm like man I'm going to jail tonight like that's it I was 18 already like I'm going to jail there's no way they're not going to see that like what just happened I got throw up everywhere I'm shirtless I'm not feeling good it was about 2 to 3 a.m. imagine on a black Mustang all black tinted windows everything I had two cops flashlights everywhere they saw everything and he was like, where are you coming from? I was going to be like, yo, I'm coming from church. But, like, you know, he was going to be like, what type of church are you going to? Long story short, he comes back. They check me out. He's like, look, who can come pick you up right now because you can't drive? And I was like, honestly, maybe I could call my parents. I called my parents. No one answered. It was super late. Everyone was sleeping. He's like, look, go over there. And he winks at me. He's like, I'm going to leave. You do whatever you want to do after this, but I'm going to leave. In other words, God has sent him right there to save my life. That was the moment for me to get locked up. My license was suspended. I couldn't drive, but God came into my life. And why do I tell you this? Because I realized that I didn't need these things. You know, I didn't need them. Like, what was the point? Like, these things were about to cost me my life. These things were about to cost me for me to get locked up. You know, these things were going to cause me not to be here tonight talking to you guys. Because I believe everyone who's here tonight, everyone who's going to watch this video or is tuning in right now, God marked it in his calendar for you, for you, for you, for you, for everyone that is here. Because God doesn't make accidents. Nothing is a mistake for the Lord. So apart from him, I couldn't do anything. You know, apart from him, I was feeling lonely. Apart from him, I was the type of guy that I feel like I always needed to be talking to a girl to feel loved or to feel accepted or to feel like who I, you know, to just to feel normal in my life. I didn't, but it's because I was running away from God. 
parents serving in church. I knew in my heart that I needed God, but I wanted to reject that feeling because I'm like, man, I'm too young. Is it always God? I'm not trying to be religious until I found out that, yo, being in God is not religious. Many people ask me, but you're only 25. Like, why do you love God so much? I had someone recently ask me on Instagram. They were like, yo, why are you so passionate about Jesus? You're a pastor and you're 25? Like, is this what you're going to do? Like, what about your career? Like, what about, I surrendered my career. I was a filmmaker. All right? Did music videos, shot movies, did commercials. I surrendered it to God and I said, God, I want to do your will. And whatever that looks like, I want to do it. I don't know how that's going to look like, but whatever it is, God, I'm going to do it. And you know why I decided to follow Jesus? You know why I decided to follow God? Because he's my why. He's my why. Have you ever heard the, 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 these millionaires, these people who are rich, they always ask you, yo, you want to you want, you wanna get to this place? Always find your why. Go ask an athlete why he does why he does. They always have a why. You know what's my why? My why is Jesus Christ. My why is that without him, I'm a mess. Without him, I would have disappointed my parents. You know, without him, you know, I, would, I don't know where I would be right now without God. That's why it's so key. There's so many people wanting to find the solution to their problems and to their life, and it's Jesus. And if you are here sitting down and you're watching me, you never tried a drug. You never tried to Listen, you don't got to do it. You know, don't think you got to do it. Don't, don't think your friends are telling you that, yo, you got to do this. You know, like you don't have to do it. That's not God's will for your life. God turned my mess into a message. He turned my test into a testimony. And that's what God is want to do. You know what the definition of success is? The definition of success is not money, possessions. A life of success is a life of Jesus. You know, David the psalmist said, it's better to be one day in your presence than a thousand what? Elsewhere. He didn't, he, all he wanted was God. He knew he needed God. He knew that, you know, the only place that mattered was being in the presence of God. And that's what I want everyone here to learn and people that are watching that, man, God is my waking up. He's my going to sleep. He's my everything. He's my anchor. He is the love that I seek for. He is the joy that I need, the peace that I need. He's everything. He's that drug that satisfies me, that gives me a high that just doesn't last for two to three hours. It's every single day, every single moment. Like God needs to be your source. That's why he called you the branches. Because the trunk is the source. And you need to realize that God is the source. And let me tell you, no other relationship, listen, no other relationship in your life will ever be able to function or prosper if your first, if your relationship with God is not number one. Every relationship flows from your relationship with God. If you're watching me, you're going through marriage problems. You keep jumping from one relationship to another relationship. You don't know what to look for. Your number one relationship is God. And I'm telling you, once you are in God and in that relationship with him, you're going to know yourself worth. You're not going to settle for less. You're not going to let just anybody treat you the way you are. You know, you're not going to just, you know, let people talk to you the way they talk to you. 
they're not gonna just you know make you feel like you're not important in life because when you're with God and you know you're a daughter you're a son of God that the Bible says that you are seated in heavenly places right next to him you know your value you know where you stand and you can't allow no one to come and treat you just like you're just anybody or anything or you're just the lowest person or the lowest thing in life you need to value your body you need to value your life you need to value your mental health you need to value everything that's inside you because it's important because the Bible says above all protect and guard your heart because out of it comes life you know what I mean? Like you gotta, guys, you gotta guard your heart. Guard your heart with guys, with girls, with everything. I'm telling you, I've been there, done it. I don't know it all, but from what I've experienced and from what I've known and the people that I've spoken to, man, a relationship with Jesus is all you need. I'm not saying you're never gonna have a relationship and you're never gonna get married. God has plans for your life, okay? And he wants us, the Bible says God told Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. But let me tell you this. If you're going into a relationship or you're talking to guys or girls because you just want to have fun, you just want to play around, you just want to feel loved, then that's not the real reason why you should jump into a relationship. Yes? Amen? All right. The Bible says, listen, there's three things that people always tell themselves why you don't pray. You don't, gotta, you, don't, you don't have to answer me this question, but ask yourself here. Am I praying? Do you pray? Ask yourself, do you pray? And I don't mean like, yo, God, thank you for today. Peace, I'm out. You know what I mean? Or like when something bad is happening, yo, Lord, help me out. I need you right now. Like, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the book of Matthew when Jesus said, close yourself in your room, lock the door, and speak to your father who's in private. And he will reward you openly. But if you seek him privately, that's the relationship with Jesus I'm talking about. Because I could go to anybody right now. I've evangelized so many people out in the streets. I'm like, yo, you believe in God, your relationship with God? Heck yeah, I do. I love him. You know, but they don't pray. So you don't have a relationship with God. You got a religion. A religion is, oh, God, thank you for today. I love you. All right. That's a religion. You're just doing it to do it. You're just doing it because... You know, they taught you, like something I used to do is, in, I think it's in the book of Psalms where it says, En paz me acostaré y en paz dormiré porque solo tú, Señor, me haces vivir confiado. Like, man, that's not a, that's not a prayer life. That, that's not a relationship with God. You know what I mean? A relationship with God is when you lock yourself up. For you guys to understand me, what a relationship with God is. How do you get to know somebody? Can someone answer me here? How do you get to know somebody? Talking to them. Spending time with them, Right? You think you'd be able to sustain a relationship? Let's say you got you talking to a girl, right? You think you're gonna be able to know her if you just talk to her two minutes every day? Nah, right? You're gonna lose interest, and that person's probably gonna lose interest in you. All right. God is the same way. Because you know, when we think of God, we just think of a mystical person out there. Like, no, like he's real and, and he and he came down to earth. Like he knows what you feel. You know, Adam, I don't even know why I'm saying this, but you know, Adam, he just came out. Like, he came out as an adult already. Jesus was born as a baby. He knows what we went through. He knows what it was to be young. You know what I mean? So, like, you, the, how do you grow your relationship with God? Because I want to teach you guys this. Because, look, it, it comes outside just coming on Fridays and Sundays. Listening to the podcast. 
you know, listening to uh, preachings or just listening to reels or just quoting cute things on Instagram, the Lord is my savior. You know, like it's more than that. It's more than talking to people about Jesus. Because it's deeper than that. Because the Bible says, what's the point of winning your, the whole world and losing your soul? That was telling you that it, your relationship with God is deeper than telling everyone about Jesus. It's great. We need to do it. But your number one priority should be seeking the Lord and knowing him intimately. I want everyone to repeat after me and say, I have a purpose. That's the number one question we always ask ourselves as young people. If I ask you, what are you guys going to do in college? Many people don't know. Or what are you guys going to do in your life? What's your purpose? What do you, what's your goal? My goal is to have a big house. My goal is to have a big business. My goal is to take care of my family. That's all great. You know, we all have one purpose here that's the same one. And you know what that is? I want everyone to repeat after, after me and say, it's to know God. That's your number one purpose in life. That should be your number one priority as you go to sleep, as you wake up, as you're going uh, by your day. That should be the number one priority in your life. It's to know the Lord. It's to know God. It's to spend time with him. Like the reason God created with you is because he wants to have a relationship with you. How many of you guys know here the story of Adam and Eve? Like, I, I, I question God. I'm like, yo, God, why'd you create Adam and Eve if you knew they were going to fall? Don't you know everything? Don't you know everything? Like, why are we in this mess? Like, we battling with sin right now. Like, like why do I got to be going through this? If you knew they were going to do this, like, you should have, like, you know, like, never created them. Or you should have just made sure that wouldn't have happened. You don't want to know, you want to know the answer to that? There's something, there's some things... There's something that God has given each one of us. It's free will. Like, God told Adam, yo, don't eat from that tree. God told Eve, don't eat from that tree. But at the end of the day, you decide whatever the heck you want to do. And that's something that God does not have control over you. That's why he loves our worship. That's why he created us. Because he wanted people that from free will, like the Bible says that the angels in heaven are singing, holy, 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 holy is the Lord. Like, automatically, that's what they do. You know what I mean? Like, that's naturally, that's what they do is they just go and worship and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. God wanted people like us that have a free will. Like, don't get distracted. I know there's someone there, but don't get distracted. Like, God wanted you out of your own will to be like, God, I'm going to lock myself up in my room right now and I'm going to seek you. Like, that's what God wants from us. is for you to have your own free will. You could come here on a Friday. You could come to a Sunday. And this is the thing about us young people. We tell you not to do things and you, the more you do them. You know? You know how many times my mom told me, yo, that relationship, don't, like, don't be in it. Like, that's not it. And I will continue doing it. Like, yo, look who messed up. You know? Because we always like to do the opposite of what we're always told. Because by nature, we got this rebellious thing that we always want to do the total opposite. Your mom tells you, yo, go wash the dishes. You don't do it. Or instead, you do it 10, 15 minutes later because you're like, she ain't going to tell me what to do at the time to do it. But you got free will. Say with me, I got free will. So you can come here. You can listen to this message. You could be connected live right now. But at the end of the day, let me tell you something. You decide what you want to do with your life. 
You know, I remember I told you in the beginning of the preaching, I had that D.A.R.E. program in high school told me, yo, don't ever do drugs. I was like, yo, I'm never going to do it. Then I decided to go out and do it. Out of free will, I decided to do all those things. And while I was getting high, while I was doing all these things, I knew I shouldn't have done those things. But my free will decided to go out and do those things. And that's where God in heaven is like, yo, you know the truth, but it's up to you now. That's why many of us are like, yo, why do I constantly get hurt? Why am I constantly going through all these things in life? My question is, are you obeying God? You know, we're so quick to blame God for everything. God took this person away from me. God is allowing this trial so he could test my heart. No, is that you just not obeying. You continue doing the same things. It's not no trial God wants to give you. You know what I mean? Like the people of Israel, they spent 40 years in the desert going around, going around, when it was supposed to be like a three-day trip. But because of their disobedience, because God was telling them to do something and they were doing the total opposite, the process got longer. It's not that God wanted to give them that process. What's going on, guys? It's not that, like, God wanted to give you that process. You know what I mean? It's that we just voluntarily, we decided, like, yo, I'm not going to see God. I'm not going to do these things. You know what I mean? Like, we need God. Yo, welcome, guys. Thank you for coming through. Um... Like I was saying, you need to know God. That should be your number one focus is to know God. And for those that are just coming in, like I'm explaining it a little bit, like God is beyond coming here. God is beyond going to church on Sunday. God is beyond, you know, listening to nice videos on Instagram or YouTube or listening to a podcast. God is real and wants a relationship with us. And, you know, when you lock yourself up in your room and you decide to actually have a relationship with God and not a religion, yo, your life changes. Like, I don't need drugs anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to be going clubbing and wait and, and, and blacking out at night and, for, and the next day forgetting what happened to me. Like, I don't need that. All that cost me was money, time, pain, heartbreak after heartbreak, heartbreak after heartbreak, getting hurt, getting depressed, having low self-esteem. All these things, that's what it costs. But when I decided to follow Jesus, let me tell you, that was the best decision I made in my life. I still hang out. Like, I still go to movies. I still, you know, I don't do those things anymore. But I'm still a young person. I just love Jesus, though. You know, like, why would I trade that peace? Like, why would I trade, you know, that, that happiness that I feel inside? Like, why would I trade that for all of that junk that means nothing at the end of the day? Because as you grow older, you're like, dang, like, why did I do that? Like, why do I got to be doing this? Like, I'm really just causing pain to myself. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I talk to so many young people. Now as a pastor, like, so many people, they come to me and ask me all these questions. And I've noticed, and I, I, I'm going to say what I'm going to say right now. <laughs> the little kids can cover their ears. Like, you know, like, doing, dealing with pornography and masturbation and all these things. Like, yo, let me tell you. Like, you don't need to be dealing with those things. Because after you do these things, you know what happens? You feel, you feel dumb. You feel empty inside. You feel a low self-esteem. You're like, damn, what did I just do? It's because you're seeking to be pleased physically, and that pleasure only God can give you. And God created marriage. God created for a, a man and a woman to be able to enjoy himself in marriage, and that's okay. And you're going to get there. We're going to get there. But I know people who even in marriage do these things because they're, looking, they're always looking for something else. So what? Apart from God, we can do what? Nothing. We need God in our lives, in our daily living. 
So there's three things that people always tell themselves on why they don't pray. And number one is, I always hear this every time, I don't feel anything, yo. I come to church, I lift my hands, I see people crying, but I don't feel anything. Has that ever happened to you guys? Happened to me? You see people that, yo, they're just in it in worship, crying on the floor and everything. You just stand in there like, yo, I don't feel jack. Like, what are they feeling that I'm not feeling? Like, are they more special than me? You know what I mean? There's been moments where I go to my room and I'm seeking God and I'm like, yo, God, like, I'm going to be honest with you right now. Like, I know you're real and everything, but, like, I didn't feel you right now. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I'm not feeling what I'm supposed to be feeling. Like, or, or you're asking God for direction in your life and you're like, God, I need you to speak to me. And, you know, he doesn't speak to you or you think he didn't speak to you. Any, anyone ever felt like that? If you guys watching me online, write amen if you guys have ever felt like that. And you want to know why sometimes we don't feel anything? The Bible says, and those who diligently seek him will find him. God is real, and a relationship is a relationship. Like, if you got a girl, you got a guy, and you don't hit him up for two to three days, like, that person going to be mad at you, that person probably not even going to answer you, right? Like, and, and that's the thing is that sometimes we don't think, like, God is a real person. He's real and is the same way. Like, you only come to God when you need him. You choose God only when you want him. Like, let me tell you, like, you just come to him when, when you're hurt. Or you just come to church because your parents told you to come to church. You know, how are you supposed to feel God if your heart is not in it? God wants your heart to be in it. That's what he looks for. Like, let me tell you, the devil and God are after two, are after one thing from your life. And it's your heart. He wants your heart. Because if he knows that if he could get your heart, he could get your whole entire life. Because the Bible says that from our heart comes bad thoughts, sexual thoughts, perverse thoughts, lying, cheating, stealing. The Bible says that all of this comes from our heart. Like, those thoughts come from our heart. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. So I can know with talking to some of you guys here what's in your heart by the way you speak. What is it that you're always talking about? People who are always just complaining, that's in your heart. People who are always just complaining about their relationship, yo, that's in your heart. Whatever's in your heart, that's what you speak. And God, God and the devil are after your heart. Because if he could just get your heart, he could get everything. Have you guys ever heard someone say, like, yo, I'm in love with you with all my heart. Yo, you stole my heart. Yeah, you got my heart. You know what I mean? What does that mean? Because you gave your time to that person. You gave everything to that person. That's what God wants from you. He wants to give you your time. He wants you to choose him. Number two, about to finish up. And we're going to pray for everybody. I don't have time. That's the biggest thing that I hear always in church. Is like, yo, I don't got time, Jimmy. I don't got time to seek God. You know, you're a pastor. You got time to seek him. I don't. I got to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. Like, I don't got time to seek God. We always have time for the things that are important to us. That's why I always tell people when you're in a relationship, guys, girls, like, if the guy's not making time for you, like, that says a lot. Time is very important. Time tells you where your, their heart is. The Bible says in Psalms 91.1, Psalms 91.1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What does that say? He who dwells in the secret place. What does that mean? Not he who visits. Not he who wants to come once in a while. 
but he who dwells in the presence of God. You need to dwell in his presence. You, you need to dwell in that prayer time with God. You know, God is not no microwave that you're going to put it two, three minutes. Yo, God, I need this. And you want an answer in two to three minutes. He's no drive through that you come and you just ask what you want and you think you're going to have it right then and there. You know, God is not no Santa Claus or no, you know, genie that you come and like, I need this. I need that. I got three wishes. Give them to me. You know, God is not no Burger King. Like, I can have it my way. No, you can't have it your way. Life doesn't work like that. You know, the Bible says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You can't abide under his shadow if you're not dwelling in his presence. You know, that's why so many young people, it's hard for them to keep their relationship with God. I've seen it with my eyes. So many young people, they start coming to church, you know, they start reading the Bible, and then little by little, next thing you know, they're back to doing drugs again. They're back to doing these things. It's quickly for them to fall out. You want to know why? It's because they stop dwelling in God's presence. They stop spending time with God. You want to know why you're still struggling with pornography? You want to know why you're still struggling with a lack of identity? Why you're always looking for love in the wrong places? Why you think you never need God because you're too cool to seek for God? You know why? Because you stop spending time with God. I, I remember being like one of you guys sitting down there listening to a preacher speak and be like, I don't need God. That's not for me. I don't need him right now. That church stuff, yeah, that's boring. I don't need that. Let me tell you. When difficulty came, when depression, anxiety came, we always look for God. I remember at times being drunk, throwing up in the toilet and being, yo, God, I promise this is the last time, but please help me out. Like, get me out of this. In moments of difficulty, I was always looking for God. Why don't we just start looking for God daily, whether things are good or whether things are bad, whether things are going my way or things are going another way. You know, I'm going to seek God. Whether things are going good in my family, whether they're not. Whether, you know, a relationship just ended or it didn't. Whether I got fired or I didn't get fired, I'm going to seek God. You know, whether things are going good in my family or they're not, I'm going to seek God. Because I need him every day of my life. You know, God is not looking for visitors. He's looking for dwellers. He's looking for people who dwell in his presence, that want to spend time with him. When they wake up, they say, Jesus, I need you. You know, like, I need him. Like, the air I breathe. I need him. Like, I need anything else in this world. Like, I need God. God wants to be intimate with you. He wants to know you. We got to stop seeking God just when you need him. Seek him every day no matter what. And number three is I don't know how to pray. And we're going to touch on that next week, how to pray. What are the steps? What do I do, Jimmy? Like, okay, I got into my room. I closed my door. What do I do now? Like, is God going to come in? Is he going to visit me? Yeah, he is going to visit you. Yeah, he is going to come in. Yeah, he is going to talk to you. That's the difference between our religion and other people's religion. Today, um, in the morning, I was talking to someone. This guy came up to me. He was an Indian man. Check the story out. He was like, he's like, yo, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm from El Salvador. And El Salvador in English means savior, right? So he was like, oh, like, so y'all Christian out there? Like, that's the religion you guys follow? And I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, I guess some are Catholic, some are Christian. Like, everyone's open to follow whatever he wants. And he was like, oh, it's because I'm a humanist. You know, like, I only believe in science. Like, I don't believe in what, what you guys saying. And he started saying so many crazy things to me, like, yo, that Jesus was a Buddhist, all this crazy nonsense, right? You know how I shut him up? 
and he got so mad at me and super aggressive because I don't know why some people, when we talk about religion and things, like, and you don't agree with them, they get super aggressive and super like, yo, what are you saying to me? And I just told him, I was like, no, nah, I don't believe what you believe. He's like, well, have you read the full New Testament? I'm like, yes, sir. And he was like, yeah, but like, what was Jesus doing between this age and that age? I'm like, look, sir, Jesus changed my life. And he stayed quiet. And he's like, what do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean? I'm like, yeah, like Jesus changed my life. I used to be this. I used to be doing that. I used to be doing all of this. He came into my life. I should have been dead right now. Like I should have been in a funeral right now. Like I should have been dug underground, but Jesus saved my life. You know how many times God has saved me from death? From the point of like, I shouldn't be here right now for being in the wrong places with the wrong crew at the wrong time. But God always spared my life. And when I told him Jesus changed my life, he didn't know how to answer me because you can't fight with that answer. You know, you could be like, oh, but this on the third day, the second day, this and that. Like, he didn't go on the cross. Yo, I don't care. All I know is that my life changed, and you can't fight with that. You can't fight with that experience that Jesus changed my life. I'm no longer addicted. I'm no longer bound. I'm no longer seeking for love in the wrong places. He came in my heart, and he changed it all around. At the end, he just left and got super angry because he didn't know how to answer back to me. You know why? Because no other religion I've heard is like, yo, he changed my life completely. Like, I stopped doing this. Or if it does, it's only a momentarily thing. Because so many of us, we try and change on our own strength. Like, I'm going to do it for a little while. And then you fail. Because you can't. Because apart from God, you can't do anything. You can't do anything apart from God. We need God. All right? I want everyone to bow their heads down real quick. We're about to finish up. I just want you to tell God tonight, yo, God, I need you. Like, God, I need your presence.